Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hello and welcome to I'll Have What She's Having, a food and drink podcast from me, Sophie Wybird. And me, Hannah Crosby. Every week, Sophie and I sit down to dinner. She makes a dish, I pair a wine, and we put the world to rights. This week, we pair skin contact Moshe Filero with harissa lamb and spicy beans. And we talk diss tracks, house hunting, and the joy of legumes. Hello! How you doing, Han? I'm okay. You know what? Yeah, I'm okay. We were just talking before the podcast started rolling about um, SAD because I feel like it's definitely rearing its head. This week is a bad week for it. It's a super bad week for it. This week is, I mean, historically a bad week for it. Blue Monday, I think, is the the third. Yeah, it's the third Monday of January. Yeah, so that was a couple of days ago now. And I think the feelings of Blue Monday do roll on all week. I don't think that Monday is the worst day of the week. I think Tuesday is the worst day of the week. (laughs) People say it's Monday, but Monday, you know, generally you're like getting your ducks in a row again. Mm -hmm. You've still got a bit of like the weekend feeling to live off. Tuesday is the day where things actually turn to shit. Yeah. The weekend's quite a long way away on Tuesday. I kind of do agree with like the, I don't know, I I, I never liked Mondays when I work full time. I just didn't really like any of the days. Um, (laughs) But something that reminded me of our lovely friends, Mam Sham, they talked about it on their radio show. That Blue Monday is actually um, an advertising thing invented by Sky Holidays. Oh, bollocks. Yeah. So have you felt like booking a holiday in the last... I booked a holiday last week, but not this week. Probably because I booked a holiday last week. (laughs) Speaking of international travel... I just did, did just get back from holiday as well, didn't yeah, I? Yeah, you did, you That'll did. That'll be it. <laughs> <laughs> I just went for a little three-dayer in Paris and Amsterdam, and it was so nice. I actually think perfect length for a holiday. I am such a homebody that I start to get a bit homesick mm-hmm. after about five days. Aww. Three days yeah. is perfect. And ate so much good food. Should we talk about the good food before or after we start munching down on this lovely plate of goodness that's in front of us? Okay, maybe we should start eating and drinking a bit and then I will tell you all about the best meal I had of my life, perhaps, in Paris. 
I can't wait to hear. Okay, what have we got in front of us? So today we're eating. I'm, I realised that I haven't cooked you any beans, and I love beans. Oh, I love beans. Anyone too. who knows me knows that I basically live off beans. So today we've got some Greek baked beans with crispy lamb and tzatziki. So they're beans that have been stewed oh, down. Oh, good, ma'am. <laughs> yeah, they've been stewed down in loads of celery and onion and carrots and tomatoes. Got some dried mint in there, some cinnamon, and then crisped up some lamb mints. Put mm. some harissa in there, not because it's Greek, but because it's delicious. Mm-hmm. Lemiri harissa are a very nice small brand who make it that I am putting in all my meals at the moment. And then just a big dollop of tzatziki on top. Oh, this is so good. This is so up my street. You know what I've been day. doing recently? I've just been buying like to... It might be because I've just had to pay my tax bill. But no, <laughs> I'm on a health kick slash I'm poor. Um, I've been buying like chickpeas and butter beans and then just kind of like chucking loads of sauces. And and that's become like a really, really nice cheap lunch for me. I just think, you know, the humble the humble bean is just humble so bean. fucking underrated. I think it is the best healthy cheap way to eat is mm-hmm. getting a tin of beans or a jar of beans and whack in a vegetable and a condiment mm-hmm. and you're done. You're golden. Oh, this is amazing. We're eating it cold because I feel like it's good cold. It would also be nice hot. Yeah, really nice cold. I think also having the Sanseke not um, melting, Mm. I think is quite nice. You don't want that hot. That would be weird. (laughs) I like kind of like the little gentle spice. Um, What are we drinking with it, Ham? So today we are pairing this with an orange wine. So orange wines are kind of like the go-to wine if you want something that's going to pair with like, you know, notoriously difficult to pair with foods, orange wine is a little bit of like a sommelier secret weapon. When I did my supper club with Rahel Stephanie, aka Spoons, um, the other month, uh, I used like so many orange wines because kind of like the complex layered flavors of an orange wine pair really well with kind of like spicy flavors and complex um, cuisines from like across Europe. So today we are trying a orange wine from a producer called Trupis. Yeah, so this is from, well, this is their Root Gris Moschofilero is the name of the grape variety. It's a beautiful bottle. It's such a gorgeous kind of like neony fun bottle. Um, I got sent this from Naked Wines. So thank you very much, Naked Wines. I think it's like under a tenner or just over a tenner. I think it's like uh, 11.99. Value. So um, Yanis Trupis is the name of the winemaker. It's 700 metres above sea level and in the heart of an ancient appellation on the island of Peloponnese. Oh, look at that colour. Oh, it's gorgeous. So the wines are usually completely gobbled up by locals. It's made from a grape called Moschofilero, which is native to Greece. Um, And it's like super fragrant and refreshing. um, And he uses a bit of skin contact in this wine to kind of give it this gorgeous texture, flavour, and like this lovely peachy hue. It looks like a sunset. It looks like peachy alcopops. It, it, do, it does look gorgeous. It looks like squash. You know I'm what? Into it. it kind of reminds me of, um, you know how Pinot Gris, getting a bit of ASMR from there, you know how Pinot Gris or Pinot Grigio, like a lot of people don't know that the skins are actually like a lovely pinky goldeny colour. Yeah. So when you get skin contact Pinot Gris, it looks a lot like this. It kind of reminds me a bit of that. So I think we're going to get like lovely eclectic flavors of like pink grapefruit and satsuma oh amazing and some nice flowers as well it does look Ooh. very grapefruity i'm excited to try it oh my god it looks amazing oh that's delicious it's so good 
I think we've done. I it's really ripe a, and fruity. I love that. I think we're in a bit of a stint where, like, yeah, full disclosure, we don't try the pairing before we actually come on air. No, and they're working a treat. They're working a treat this season. I think I've really stepped up a notch. This is really fruity. It does. It does have little grapefruit hints to it. Mm. Oh, it's nice. Kind of like a bit of almond as well. Um, so it's kind of going to balance out the spice. It, the alcohol is there. I think it's around like 12%, but it's not kind of like as high as like 15 or 16%. It's not big and beefy. It's quite gentle, which complements the gentle fizz. I'm very happy with that. Me too. I love that. It's going very nice with these beans too. Oh, so now that we've got our food and our drink... Now I can tell you all tell about Paris. Tell me a bit Paris. more about Paris. So you're also going to Paris in a few weeks' time. So I am I've indeed. Got, so I've got the advanced Paris knowledge for you. Mm-hmm. But Bistro Paul Bear is a restaurant that everyone talks about. It's in the 11th. And uh, I've not been to Paris in a few years. And I feel like it's really blown up in that time. Pre-COVID? Pre-COVID. I think I last went to Paris with my ex-boyfriend who was mm. a vegetarian. Wait a second. Wait, how long have you been with Coons <clears throat> for? I've been with Coons for four years. Four years. Okay. Okay. Oh, wow. So, so God, pandemic my... was like three years ago now. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I think last time I went to Paris, I was a very poor 22 year old with a vegetarian. So eating choices were slightly more limited. <laughs> we didn't go classic Parisian. This time we did. You have to call to book a table, which is very old school. Um, I don't speak French and I was terrified about having to do it. So I got my best mate to call for me. Mm -hmm. She got the table. Thank you, Kate. (laughs) And we went and it was the most perfect French restaurant experience you could possibly imagine. I had these scallops. Yeah. So yeah, take me through the entire menu. But I'm not even starting at the beginning. The beginning, (laughs) they gave us a cheesy gougere, which is basically just cheesy shoe pastry buns. So delicious. We had that with a really nice, we're drinking Beaujolais. And a really light Beaujolais, actually. It was the lightest Beaujolais I've ever had. Was it Nouveau? It wasn't Nouveau. It oh, was really? from it was from 2020, maybe. Do you know the um, appellation? Was it one of the crews? Or was it just a straight-up Beaujolais? I'm going to have to Google it on my phone. Straight-up Beaujolais? I'll, I'll show you some pics after. I oh, can't wait. But, um, so we had the cheesy gougères, and mm-hmm. then we had a pig's head terrine and mm. scallops in, like, this curried butter. Mm-hmm. Unbelievable. And then the piece de resistance, we had a big sirloin steak in the middle of loads of sautéed potatoes with mm. peppercorn sauce poured all over it. Mm. Holy shit. I'm not really a steak girl, but I am now a steak girl. That was an experience. It was so good. I remember growing up, like, if you ordered a steak, you thought you were, you know, like, the most kind of, like, refined, like, high taste. Like, yeah, I'm a bit of a foodie. It's quite a Billy Big Bollocks thing to do, I think, ordering a steak. And oh. I would very rarely order a steak. Mm-hmm, me too. But I feel like I had to in Paris, and I'm so glad I did. It was, was it, like, unreal. super thin? It it wasn't sliced super thin, no. It was like a, it was quite a big wedge of sirloin cut Ooh. into little slices and we were kind of helping ourselves from the middle. Oh, that sounds amazing. And then we had a rum baba, which is, for those oh. who don't know, just a rum-soaked cake with a whipped cream on top of it. Oh. And they left a bottle of rum on the table for us as well. We were <gasps> so nice. pissed by the end of did it. Did they know who you were? I don't think so. It's Paris. Although someone did spot, a Parisian person came up to me in oh, the restaurant God. and said, I love your recipes. She was so classy. <gasps> I was like, a classy Parisian, that's who I am. <laughs> Unbelievable. You're international, baby. Oh, that's so, so sweet. Well, shout out, sexy Parisian lady. Yeah, shout out Clemence if you're listening to this. Clemence. Lovely to meet you. So yeah, Bistro Paul Bear was my highlight of the week, food-wise. I always talk about restaurants, which I feel like is boring. I should probably tell you guys about food that I've cooked as well. Next time I will. <laughs> Ham, what's the best thing you ate this week? 
Oh, I had like a bit of a piggy week last week. I got invited to the St. John Vigneron lunch. <gasps> I saw that. That looked amazing. Which is usually held every year, but this is my first year attending. I was so excited. I went with my lovely little plus one, Angus Kitchen. Um, who we should get on the pod, actually. He's the second in command to Lee at Black Axe Mangal. And he's mm. just an absolute through and through cherub. Oh, lovely. Um, yeah, we went together and we were sat with um, Sarah from Goya Coms and Joe from the Evening Standard. And on either side of us, Fergus and Margot Henderson. God, you're, in, you're in exactly the right spot. We were at the big boy table. So Fergus Henderson is the chef proprietor of St. John, John, British food icon, his wife Margot, also British food icon, runs Rochelle Canteen oh, yeah. um, with Melanie Arnold. We uh, all got both so- phenomenal restaurants. yeah got so pissed so it kind of started off with like an informal wine tasting so st john's has its own brand wines and um they kind of like go directly to the domain get them bottled you know the cool st john branding they're really good value as well they're really good value so the first thing was kind of um meeting like with the winemakers because they're all there and doing like an informal tasting but like no one there was like i think there were maybe like a handful of people that actually worked in wine but it was mostly like food stuff and press and things like that um and then we got called up to the big long tables and we got so pissed. Margot was like handing around some um, like big magnums of Cabernet Franc. Um, we started off with an amazing snail and oak leaf salad, Ooh. which was incredible. It was half soup, half salad, lovely, big, sloppy, buttery dressing with the snails Ooh. and some leaves to make it feel a bit more healthy. And then for our main course, we had the most amazing cassoulet. You know, when you kind of have a cassoulet and it's like, I mean, like, we both love beans. I love cassoulet so much. It was, like, so many beans, but every single portion had, like, a big hunk of pork, like, so much fat, Ooh. so much tasty sausage, so good. Pork and beans is the best food it's combination the best. in the universe. I could live off pork and beans. Yeah, by this point, we're all pretty pissed, and I have Margot Henderson's phone number now, which is pretty yeah. sick. She said, text me anytime you want to go to Rochelle Canteen. I was like, oh, my God. We should go, we should we should go after a pod go. one day. Rochelle's one of my top, top top spots in London well I can text her anytime I want a table and it's just around the corner and it's just around the corner Um, so that was amazing and then for dessert I kind of looked at the menu although I will say like my favourite ever dessert of all time is lemon tart with a lovely crisp buttery base that you can go you can like bite Mm, through like that and a nice creamy very sour bonus if there's like a little bit of like torched meringue on top but I don't actually like um citrusy cakes for dessert really i don't like a lemon drizzle cake i find them to be really dry they can be quite confected no i love a lemon drizzle but the dessert um for this one was a clementine cake and i was like it's probably gonna be shit it was so good it would never be shit it would never be shit it was so moist it was so nice because like they kind of like plonked on the things together and then everyone was serving each other so like margot was cutting us some cake and i was just such an amazing but I had to leave at the height of the festivities because it was on Saturday and on Sunday I had to be on Sunday brunch. Which oh was, yes, Hannah had a TV debut, I guys. Had my TV debut, so I couldn't get too wasted on Saturday, even though it's nothing. Apparently, there was like fighting and kissing, and I was like, "Ah, oh, I can't believe I missed it." But <laughs> I had to stay vaguely sober for Sunday. Sunday B, as I call it, you know, because now I'm like a regular. <laughs> I call it Sunday B, but yeah, that was quite a surreal experience, but. You know how it is. You work it like up massively in your head um, and then it just like flies by. It goes off for a second. I prepared like three pages of questions that they'd sent over and asked me. 
And I think I said about like 10% of it. (laughs) And most of it was just saying to Tim Lovejoy, like, no, red sparkling wines are actually really nice. Please believe me. Red sparkling wine is delicious. I feel like even if he was challenging you on the red sparkling wine, it's important that you went on and talked about it Mm -hmm. just to teach people that it is delicious and give a different point of view from what what the classic kind of winemakers would say. Well, we did win him over at the end because the um, third wine, he said, oh, I actually quite like that. I was like, there you go. Yes. But he was there. I think they were doing like a cute little good cop, bad cop thing because Simon (laughs) came up to me after and was like, when are you going to be on next? What are you doing for us next? I was like, oh, thank you. Which is amazing. So yeah, hopefully so back exciting. on your screen soon. But yeah, I feel like I can't be anxious about anything anymore. Although having said that, my anxiety is playing up today. Me and Sophie are about to go to two events in the evening because we can't get enough of each other. <laughs> having one meal a week and seeing each other at every event just isn't enough. No, let's let's just drag on the evening's festivities. Mm-hmm. Why the hell not? Mm-mm-mm. I also saw you yesterday. Mm-hmm. You did I, indeed. Because we can't you, get enough of each other. Because we can't get enough of each other. But you told me something that I wasn't aware of, that you are moving house from possibly the nicest house in the world. It's such a beautiful house. What's going on? So my housemate is moving to Amsterdam, my best friend in the world. Um, And I live in a gorgeous house, but uh, we won't be able to pay the rent with just the two of us anymore. And it seems like the natural time to go it alone and just go live me and Cam. Mm. So probably sometime in the spring we're going to move house. But the rental market is insane. Mm. I don't know if you've... You're living in a cosy, cosy flat where you don't need to hunt. Mm-hmm. But the housing market is doing crazy things right now. House prices in London seem to be coming down a bit if you're buying, mm-hmm. but the rental market is insane. We're looking at these flats. Which, How much are we looking at for like so, a one a one bedroom flat? We saw a tiny one bed in Broccoli that was up for one thousand nine hundred. <gasps> that's the kind of prices you're looking at. It's crazy. So we may actually just be better off staying in our house. Who's oh to God. say? Um, but sending solidarity to anyone else who is looking at right move every 10 minutes right now because it is a ball ache. Yeah. And why isn't Rishi doing anything about it? Yeah, Rishi. You know what? Speaking, on, Rishi. Of, speaking of Rishi, I've been seeing this um, advert for like, um, it's the vegans. And they're saying, we are offering Rishi Sunak one million pounds if he goes vegan. Have you seen this? No. There's like loads of cheap adverts and I think they really think they're doing something. It's not Peter, but it's kind of like a similarly like misguided vegan I mean, he's not going to respond to it, is he? He's not going to respond. I don't he think he needs need a million it. pounds. <laughs> he doesn't need it. And I'm like, guys, you really think you're doing something? But like, Rishi Sunak does not need a million pounds. No, he and doesn't care. I just think that, they think it's just like this big statement. It's just a bit like, why are you, also, why are you trying to give this evil man more money? So no. That like, every, your, Donate it to somebody, please. Your Anyone target need. audience hates. Why are you offering money to this person? It just like, completely winds me up. He but does yeah. a very good job of, I mean, generally, apart from... Horrific instances like asking homeless people if they work in business of staying really quiet. <laughs> mm. Alarmingly quiet. So you just got to stay quiet. But yeah, I haven't been looking for a rental for quite some time. But the last place that I rented um, when I was just like living in a flat share was uh, just off Columbia Road. So like central, but not like super central. Um, and it was £750, not including bills. Or the tiniest little box room that was probably only about the size of that sofa. You could get a bed in it, like you could get a wardrobe at the end of the bed, and that was literally it. 
Jesus, welcome to London. Yeah, exactly. I'm I'm normally anti people slagging off London, and but it's so expensive. Sure but this time that I'm looking, I'm like, oh my god! And I'm from here. Where am I meant to go? It's fucking ridiculous. Yeah, my mum and dad are here. Where am I going to go? Mm. Middle of nowhere. Maybe you could both move to Nottingham. Maybe it's time. Do you know? Every time I go up to Nottingham, where my partner is from, uh, I look at the house prices. I'm like, geez, it's so cheap here. Maybe this is where I should go. Mm. Maybe it's time. Should we go back to the East Mids? Yeah, maybe. I don't know. Hannah's <laughs> <laughs> not committing to that one. I like. So I lived in Nottingham for a couple of years, but I was very, very small. We moved because of the gun crime that was like in the area that we lived in, which is Forest Fields, which at the time was a little bit like trigger happy. But um, yeah, I, I don't know if I could go back. But Nottingham, every time I visit, like when I'm visiting my parents, it's just so much going on. Yeah, like, absolutely. Because when you're a so kid, impressed. just like the field um, and the school and yeah, whatever. But yeah, I, I oh, maybe we should. Maybe this is our sign. Cam's from Beeston and they've got a ton of amazing restaurants and pubs and bars and stuff there. Mm. They've opened recently a shop called Essen, which has got natural wines and nice <gasps> cheeses and stuff, which is the first kind of natural wine spot in Beeston. Mm. And honestly, now I'm like, well, I could definitely Fuck live it. here. Yeah. I could definitely be here. We were kind of just talking it through, actually, because we're both talking about how anxious we are about going to events and how, I mean, aside from like the biggies, we don't really care about going to events anymore. I'm, it's not even just events. I'm, I'm, I feel like I'm anxious to go to literally anything. <laughs> I'm anxious to leave the house at the moment. Mm. It's, um, yeah, to go to friends, to go see my family. I'm always anxious. It always, it feels January. It feels a bit much right now. I was playing a video game earlier and like my heart rate was like all the way up here. Like, what video hell? game were you playing? I was, oh, to be fair, I was playing The Last of Us. And I was just like, I was getting like chased by zombies. And I was like, maybe this isn't good for my blood pressure. Maybe it's not a zombie day. One thing I really want to talk about very desperately is Shakira. Yes. And how she found out that she was getting cheated on. Have you seen this? Can you t- tell me? Because I feel like I've seen a lot of things on the internet, but tell me. So she figured out that her partner was cheating on her because she was away. She came back and someone had eaten her jam. Oh my God, yes. She'd been eating her bloody jam. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and she was like, but he's never had, he's never touched jam in his life. And apparently she, she was seen in videos in Shakira's clothes, walking around behind him in Zoom <gasps> calls. Wait, who was it? She's a model who's about... 13 years old. Yeah, sick, yeah, classic. Um, allegedly. I think she's actually not 13 years old. I think she's probably 20. But Shakira has just dropped a track this week, okay. which is one of the best diss tracks I've ever heard uh-huh. of a former partner. It's a banger and it's in Spanish, but I'm going to read you a translation of some of the lyrics. <gasps> Go on. Because it's so good. She says, No hard feelings, baby. I wish you the best with my supposed replacement. I'm worth two 22s. She must be 22. You traded a Ferrari for a Twingo. You traded a Rolex for a Casio. You're going fast, slow down, a lot of gym, but you'll but work out your brain a little too. <laughs> Jesus. And she says, you left me as a neighbour to the mother-in-law with the press at the door and the debt at the IRS. You thought you'd hurt me, but you made <sighs> me tougher. Women don't cry anymore. Women invoice. <laughs> that must be to do with... <laughs> Doesn't sound so melodic in English, yeah, does yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. I imagine it rhymes in Spanish, but she's even referencing her tax troubles where he must have fucking dobbed her in it. Surely, like when you're like currently being under investigation for alleged tax dodging, you're not going to release a song about it. You, you're meant to stay a bit quiet about it, surely. 
<laughs> maybe feels like a breach of law. But is she implying that like he was the brains behind it? I guess so, yeah. Maybe that's why she did it, sprinkling a little nugget for the, for the popo. Mm. I love it. It's such a good song. You know what it reminds me of recently? I um, can't remember if we talked about it. I don't think we have. Lana Del Rey, her new album. Oh, yeah. She's only had one billboard made for it, and it's in her ex-boyfriend's hometown. <laughs> There's a level of pettiness. I love the catty. In the same vein, Miley Cyrus had just released a song this week um, that I'm seeing on TikTok a lot. She dropped it on her ex-husband Liam Hemsworth's birthday. Mm-hmm. <gasps> and it's an interpolation of Bruno Mars's Flowers. How was that go? The one she does is like, I could buy myself flowers. And it's all about, she's talking about doing things that she can do for herself, but apparently mm-hmm. it's a song that he really liked and dedicated to her at their wedding and then cheated on her and they split up. So she's God. dropped his, his favourite song her version on his birthday. I like that. I like that. Well, one thing I have been talking about loads is just interpolations just being like the done thing now. They don't come up with anything new now. They don't. It's like I kind sound of, like an elderly person. But it's true. It's the equivalent of <laughs> it's the equivalent of releasing Toy Story Seven or Jaws Thirteen. Come up with a new tune. Doing like it can be done. I'm trying to think of because so many interpolations were done last year and it just made everything a bit shit. Yeah, you David, hear it on the radio all the time. Yeah, and you're like, oh, I love this song. You're like, wait, what the fuck is this? David Guetta did it with that. I'm blue, dandy, oh my da, god, da, yeah. But changed it to I'm good. I'm good, yeah, I'm feeling all right. Yeah, exactly. Um, what else was... The other one that I'm hearing a lot at the moment is Central C. Do, doing an interpolation of Let It Go. Oh, no. <gasps> yes! Something, oh, God, I've heard Talking about this. someone's pussy in it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, in the wait. chorus. So I... Let me read out these lyrics first. So the only time that I hear the original song Let It Go with that kind of guy that sings like a sheep... It's quite a magic number. It's quite a magic number. I tend to hear it in coffee shops yeah seven years ago yeah um i think that it's a lot of unimaginative people's first dances at their wedding yeah um so i hadn't heard this song like at all but like this guy's put like a drill beat behind it because only know that you've been high and you're feeling low yep only hit the roads when you're missing home only know you love her when you let her go you said that pussy mine so why'd you let it go you you're said such a that hoe. pussy mine so why'd you let it go haha <laughs> you're such a hoe Oh, it's romantic, isn't it? <laughs> he seems like such a villain. I really don't like it. Don't like his vibe. I don't like his music. Okay. So I would agree with you, but then I watched his. Um, I love watching the um, um, you know, the yellow background where they explain the lyrics. I really liked his vibe. He seemed really sweet. Maybe he's all right. Also, I'm not. I'm like not that into the grime scene, so I feel like no. maybe I'm just missing a trick. <laughs> but it's so funny because like, I think he looks like like a tiny baby, but he's been in the game for like nine years. So, I mean, How nice. old is he? God, like literally every single tab right now just says Central C. <laughs> 24, but he's been doing it for a Jesus, time. I guess, yeah. yeah, you start you start young, don't right. you? He's charismatic. Yeah. And I think that's where his talent ends. He's charismatic, but now I kind of feel like there's really interesting thing happening with like, because UK rap kind of just like completely burst onto like the international scene. Yeah, Especially yeah. Especially with TikTok, maybe like around five, six years ago, or maybe like less than that, like four years ago. But I guess Drake was was pulling into it a bit earlier than that. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> and Jonah Hill, Jonah Hill like absolutely yeah. adores it. But, um, but Central C has now moved to LA. To be a British grime rapper in the US. Bloody hell. I mean, good on him. Literally, because like, yeah, the Americans are eating up, but it's literally being imported over. So it'll it'll be interesting to see kind of how that develops. (laughs) 
I was kind of like, would you be able to like write like convincing, hard hitting like UK rap if when you're not in the UK, is your perspective just going to get really warped? Yeah. If you're in and Los And you're going to start Angeles. singing about things that people don't really resonate with or care about. Exactly. Lose your edge. What is your favourite diss track of all time? Ooh. Good question. Diss tracks, diss tracks, diss tracks. Ah. Oh. So. Lemonade. Yeah. Pretty much all of Lemonade. But don't hurt yourself. Yes. If... Jack White and Beyonce were to write a song and I would want it to be perfect that it would be Don't Hurt Yourself it's such a good it's song it's so Beyonce I she's did, amazing I've got, I've got goosebumps thinking about it who the fuck do you yeah she's so good but like Jack White is also just like he's just got like some strange ideas about women anyway he writes bangers but he's just a little bit strange with yeah, it a bit of a weirdo um, but honestly the drums as well the drums are yeah. absolutely insane he's such a great drummer He's his vocals are like very few and far between but like really good it's like such a Jack White sound but she like slips so seamlessly into it ah such a good song Lemonade as a whole diss track album yes. but yeah that is definitely it yeah it's yeah a, yeah that's it for oh, me oh Lemonade I want to go listen to loads of Lemonade I need to rewatch Lemonade actually oh, I just love Beyonce's um, she did an interview she was like I just feel like people don't make albums anymore like they, they make like records like full of singles but they don't make like albums that was an album oh, she's such a such a legend oh. I want to see her and just I'll probably sob my eyes out <laughs> 1975 came and went and I missed it. I know, I, I, I was on the verge of buying tickets because I saw that they'd released a new date bits when I was in Amsterdam. Uh, well, that Taylor Swift came out on the first night. Who came out on the second night? No one. And if I, <gasps> apparently he was being really moody on the second night. Apparently he came out and was like, I'm not bringing out anyone else, sorry. <sighs> and everyone was like... Ugh. Oh, wow. Joey Wells has announced a big gig run this week. Madonna oh. is doing a Greatest Hits tour. Wow. Which I would actually lap up. I'm Amazing. definitely going to be logging They're reanimating for her for the purposes yes. of a tour. She don't know. That's really rude because she's in fucking good nick. She's in really good nick. She's got, I think she's got quite a lot of soft pumps in her face now, but she's rocking it. She looks terrifying. Respect but she to you, can Madonna. Dance amazing. She's still dance. She can still sing. She's still such a performer. Oh. I'll be there. I think tickets actually come out at 10 a.m. on Friday, which is the day this episode comes out. So if you're listening to this pre-10 a.m. and you want to see Madonna... Fucking get on it. Log on. This is... Yeah. Get in there. This is a call to arms. Go Advanced and see warning. Madonna. I haven't got anything planned in terms of music for the new year, although I think I'm definitely going to go back to Gala. Gala for me was like my yeah. perfect festival last year. It wasn't too crowded. It was sunny. It was kind of... At least in that year, I don't know if they do it the same other years, but it was kind of like three days were split into genres. Yeah. So everyone was kind of there on a similar vibe. You get to suit your thing. Yeah. So Friday was kind of like the jazzy vibe and everyone there was kind of, you know, expecting a similar thing. There weren't too many records. It was like, yeah, it was really good fun. Good vibes. I also just like a festival where you can like sit down and see. Yeah. Because it was like, it was done quite well because yeah um where we're it was quite in, small yeah where it wasn't peck in my park it was kind of like an amphitheater so even if you were standing behind a really tall person you could still see over their head ah, it was really good so you should definitely that go. is a perk I, it's near me as well maybe i will do it this year a ticket that i really really want to get is um cross the tracks because cross tracks is so fun no worries are playing so anderson pack's going to be there ah. and masego is going to be there and i've never seen masego and i would love to see him Alpha Mist, Children of Zeus exclusive with a full live band. I saw them at Garland. They were fucking sick. Yasmin Lacey, who's fucking sick. Oh, my God. That's going to be wicked. I just got to go. I got to go. Is it still Brockwell? Yeah, it's in Brockwell Park. Nice. 
Oh, it's going to be amazing. £49.50, I just got to get it's it. It's a really nice festival. Yeah. It's a good good layout. I've got one festival book for this year, and it's the biggie, going to Glastonbury. <gasps> Which I'm very excited about. I don't about. know this about you. How have you never mentioned this I don't before? Know, normally everyone bangs on about it when they get glass. Yeah, theater, it feels, right? It feels mean because loads of people didn't get tickets. It felt it felt rude to do an Instagram post saying I've got Glastonbury tickets. Who they do you think rub is, it in people's faces. Who do you think is the headliners? Well, Elton's the only one confirmed so far. Oh, I'm really? hoping for 1975 to make an appearance. Yeah, I'm sure they will. Apparently Arctic Monkeys are like hotly tipped to be headliners, which I... I'm conflicted about because old stuff, really into new AM. stuff, not into. Yeah, AM's an amazing album, but um, after that, they kind of peaked. Yeah, yeah. Anything post like 2016, I don't really want to know about. Yeah. Um. So we'll see if that happens. I'll probably go to get some earlier stuff and then run away. Yeah. I wouldn't mind. I wouldn't mind if Taylor Swift appeared again because mm. she was supposed to headline in the year that was cancelled. And Got I think you. I would enjoy myself. Oh my God, it's going to be amazing. I wasn't an old time Taylor Swift fan. And literally this year, I got into Taylor Swift. Hmm. Age 28. <laughs> I think I think that I'm like one of those really annoying, mean people where I think I'm too good for Taylor Swift. But No one's too good I for Taylor Swift. I don't think anyone is. It's what I learned this year. Shall we do some letters? I think we should. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Good. I'm ready to address some problems. We've got three problems in our inbox. Today. We've got meaty ones today. I know, we've got a few meaty ones. Yeah, we've got one wee one and a few big meaty ones. Right, let's... Hit me here. up. Okay, start off with a small one just to get us warmed up. Francesca gets in touch. How can I become more confident and adventurous with my food and wine choices rather than defaulting to safe options that I know and like? Ooh, I think the key to this is that you've got to make some mistakes before you learn what you like. Right. You have to get experimental and order things that are out of your comfort zone. And the more you do that, the more you'll learn. I think it's as much about what you don't like as it is about Mm. what you like. And you need to get some things which aren't right for you before you know what you do want. I'm kind of like, it doesn't say in the letter, but I'm assuming you mean it's like a combination between ordering in restaurants and also making stuff for yourself. Yeah. Also, I guess going to the supermarket and being like, which which one of these wines do I want rather than getting the same one every time? I'd say kind of, I think the way to go is to kind of like follow play, follow people like yourself because like 
you are, it's literally your job, right? To kind of be on top of like flavor combinations and like unexpected things. It's like trying to shake things up a bit occasionally. Exactly. It's in your own interest to kind of have like exciting and viral unexpected recipes. So maybe start with the recipe. Oh yeah, seek inspiration on the internet for sure. Yeah, if you walk into a supermarket and you're like, fuck, I don't know what to get, I want to get something unexpected. But then you see like, I don't know, like some miso paste and you're like, what, what, what the fuck do I do with that? Maybe it's a good idea to go in with a plan. I think it is, but I also think quite fun just to randomly grab things on a shelf and mm. see see what's up rather than letting your taste be entirely guided by what other people say they like. Go Just go crazy. I know that it doesn't financially always feel comfortable yeah. to buy something that you don't know if you're going to like. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, I, I love walking around Chinese supermarkets mm-hmm. and looking at the shelves and seeing if there's any kind of sauce or condiment or like mm. a type of noodle that I've never had before. I'm bringing that home and being like, how? How do I, how do I make this good? What do I do with this? I like that. That's very sound advice. And Experiment. Then, yeah, and then with the wine, I think, I know that, there's kind of like this stereotype that really prevails of like the snooty sommelier who just kind of wants to push like what they want to sell rather than what you might like. But honestly, like they're hired to specifically be sommeliers for a reason. Same goes for like, and I've said this before, same goes to like people who work in uh, wine shops. Like just ask them and tell them like what you've previously liked. And like, if I like this, then what would be like an interesting place to branch out to? That kind That's of a really good shout. People are literally paid to do that. So if they're mean to you, then you should report them on social media i think lots of the time where people have tried to do that with sommeliers and restaurants in particular is because they're worried that they're going to be recommended something that's way out of their price range mm. and they're just going to have to backtrack and go for something because they're too embarrassed to say yeah i actually don't good... want to pay for that one but you can say to a sommelier i don't want to spend too much i just mm. want something that's this and go from there the, like a good sommelier will be able to make three different recommendations within three points of Three different price ranges. Yeah. So just ask them. It's their, it's their job. It's their job. Um, but hopefully that helps. Okay, next off we have Stephanie. Hi, Stephanie. Hi, Steph. First off, thanks for a lovely podcast. My <laughs> question is about how to deal with pretentious people in the wine industry. Ooh. So I feel like you might be able to weigh in on this too with uh, food stuff. She says, I've just taken my WSET3 and I've been working in the wine industry. I was making it, but I'm now on the business side of things. Well done, you. I know, amazing. But I still really struggle with the pretentiousness. I end up feeling so stupid when speaking to people who name drop all the time. How do I deal with these people? I end up feeling so silly and unconfident. Thanks, Stephanie. Oh, girl. Well, first of all, um, well done on making it on the business side of things because I was literally being interviewed yesterday and uh, this guy said like, oh yeah, do you think there's kind of like been signs of progression in the wine industry? And I was like, in like influency, like consumer side, yeah. In like the business side of things, fuck no. Like there are people that are kind of been in the same job for 25 years. The world of collecting fine wine is still very much like a male oriented space. Um, so well done, first of all, for getting into the business side of things um, because you've definitely moved from kind of like the unfussy, unpretentious side of wine into the more pretentious side of wine. Um, I would, it's, wine's a really difficult one, right? Because you can't know anything, no matter how much you know, or you think you know, that you'll go to an event and you'll just have a complete ego shave. I went to an event the other day and I felt like such a sore thumb. I was like the youngest woman there by far who was tasting. Everyone was wearing suits and I was wearing a beanie. It was amazing to be there. But some of the 
winemakers were really patronizing and not very nice. It's oh. just like, oh, come on. Or they either said like, this is our grand crew and just like left it to us. Or they were like, so um, this wine is made out of this grape. And I'm like, yeah, I know. But like, I want to know like specific things. I feel like as a woman in the wine industry, while there are like amazing places to go to. And yeah, the place that I went to was just like, there were lots of amazing, wonderful people who were like really generous with their knowledge, which I really enjoyed. But I think that event is a good example because while those amazing people exist, there's always going to be someone that's like a little bit difficult. And I think that's the same for any industry, but unfortunately also particularly wine. Um, I come away from events quite often feeling a bit stupid, but that's because you can never learn everything about wine. Like there's always something you need to learn. There's always going to be a new vintage. And within that vintage, there's like thousands and thousands of like appellations and regions to learn from. And it's just absolutely impossible. So I guess what I'm trying to say is I don't think that feeling of stupidity will ever 100% leave. Mm. But I think that's a good thing. Yeah. What do it, you th- what do you think so for my chatting chatting shit? Yeah, I was going to say I agree with you Han. I think that you can't ever know everything about anything. Any specific subject. About anything yeah. at all. And uh obviously sometimes people make you feel really shit in situations when you don't know something and that isn't okay. But it does spur you on to learn more mm. and to do more and to get out there more. Um I think that it's just important not to get disheartened because in so many professional environments, especially in networking ones, you can find yourself in situations where people do make, can make you feel quite rubbish about yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's important just to try and develop quite a thick skin to it and it stay fucking, resolute in what you know and yeah. what you want. Easier said than done sometimes, but... It, it fucking sucks having to feel like you're having to fight to be in the room. Yeah. But you're in the room, goddammit. And if you aren't in the room, then other women might not feel like they can come into the room. So you've kind of got to be a bit of a beacon if you're kind of in situations where you really genuinely feel that are very pretentious. If you, if you give up and then there's like one less woman in the room, then that might... That sounds like too much responsibility to give that poor woman. Well, I mean, just big respect to you for for being there and doing it anyway, because, Mm -hmm. yeah, it's really not easy being a woman in a male-dominated industry. I think both of us have had experiences working in places like that where we haven't been made to feel that good about ourselves in the past. So uh, just sending you a lot of love and respect, and Mm -hmm. uh, it will mean a lot to other women that you are doing the work that you do. Yes, very well put. And in terms of how do I deal with these people, just kill them with kindness, be really nice and polite. And then go away, Always. bitch about it to your friends and just kind of work on just, yeah, stay in your lane. Just work on being a better version of yourself and don't give a fuck about what those people think because they must be rude to you for a reason. Jealousy is almost always It's because jealousy. you're young and sexy. <laughs> That's why they don't like you. I hope that helps. Um, finally, Josie gets in touch. Hi, friends. I need your help. I am currently studying wine and gastronomy and absolutely love the food in Bevworld. I've been meaning to start posting more relevant content to my socials and work towards making that a bit more of a career-based space for me. But I keep feeling held back by feelings of fear and embarrassment. How do you both balance being professional and also your genuine self on social media? Did you also have to get over the initial fear of taking yourself too seriously? And if so, any tips on getting over it? Lots of love, podcast slaps, and I hugely admire you both. Oh, that's a lovely message. Thank and you, also, Josie. Uh, 
yes, I have felt so embarrassed, scared, worried about taking myself too, too seriously, worried about the person I'm coming across as on social media all the time. And it can mm. be really scary putting things out there and not knowing how it's going to land. And it doesn't always land. Mm. And you basically just have to keep plowing on with it. I think we had this conversation the other day where I was just like, I'd started recording a few videos and I was like, this doesn't feel like me. I just, I, yeah. I kind of like, I was like, I'm going to do like a 30 days of content kind of thing. I did the first few days and like making the videos themselves were fine. But like, I was just like looking at myself. I was like, that's not how I talk. Yeah. Like it's kind of like that social media branded talk. And I think that one of the reasons that we get on and we're such good friends is because although we very much exist in the social media space, we're very much not social media e people. Yeah. You have to just be true to yourself. And it's a really hard thing. You can overanalyze it and wonder, am I being me? Yeah. But there is, I think there is always a way to do it in a way that is you. And authentic to yourself. And I don't always get it right. I feel like sometimes I put things out and I think that wasn't very me at all. And then you just have to go back to the drawing board and think, well, what is me? Yeah. I think that nothing, things don't resonate with people unless you are being yourself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I also, this is a really small and silly bit of advice, but um, sometimes when you're worried that you're being too serious on social media... All it takes before you record a voiceover, take a picture, do any talking to camera, is make yourself smile. Yes. I've done it before where you record something and you think, I sound fucking miserable. Mm-hmm. Why do I sound so miserable? And you literally just have to do a fake smile. smile yeah. Think about something funny, make yourself laugh, and then go. Yeah. And then it comes across as a lot more jolly and natural and the person that you see yourself as or the person that you want to see yourself as. Yeah, you got to fake it till you make it, basically. What was it like posting? Do you remember posting your first ever talking to camera video? Oh, God, yeah. I mean, I guess the first talking to camera videos that I would have done would have been in a professional environment. With um, Twisted. At Twisted um, and then at Mob. Obviously, I got a lot of practice being on camera then. I used to be crap on camera. Really? It It definitely takes practice being on camera. Mm. I don't think anyone is automatically a natural when it comes to presenting. Mm-hmm. Presenting takes a bit of time. But I think the first few videos that I posted myself, I was fucking terrified. Because mm. it's a bit different when you have the backing of a company behind you. When you're doing it on your own platform without yeah. without those numbers and without those people there, yeah. that's definitely more scary. Um you can look back at my reels and have a good laugh if you like. It can feel, it can also feel quite maddening when you're the only person in the house. You're like, hi guys. Yeah. And then when you f- stop talking, you go, for fuck's sake. Yeah. When, you, sh- when yeah. you hear yourself breathing in between takes, that is humbling. That is really humbling. <laughs> yeah. It's all about, you kind of got to drop the ego because I don't necessarily Entirely, think it's yeah. coming from a vain place. I'm definitely not saying that, but I'm saying it's kind of like worrying about what people think. And I think that people can tell if you worry too much about what other people think. Definitely. They can tell if you're literally just doing it for you. I mean, also any mean comments I've ever, again, we were talking about this yesterday, any mean comments I've ever received, I've reframed them as just like laughing at them. I just yeah. fucking love it when I get a mean comment. It's so funny. <laughs> like, a win is a win. And then you can make even that into content. Like, like when I did, um, I appeared in a Times article um, that the lovely Hannah Evans wrote. And uh, it was just, there's so many horrible um, comments from Times readers about like pretentious London hipster wankers. And I made them into a real, I turned them into <laughs> inspirational quotes. And I was like, this is just so good. So you just, you just got to reframe the way you're looking at things. Poppy Cooks does uh-huh. that really well. I mean, she gets so much misogyny on the internet. Really? But she, she makes amazing content surrounding it. What is she? I don't so think I inspiration follow her. Give her a go. Poppy underscore cooks, the potato queen from TikTok. She's lovely, Poppy. She's a really, really good, cool girl. Um, 
I think, yeah, leaving your ego at the door is probably one of the first steps into feeling a bit more relaxed about social Uh media. I think I felt really worried about like what my friends who don't work in food and social media would think of me posting myself on social media. And you also just have to leave that behind. Like people generally will be excited for you and be happy for you. People who love you will be happy, whatever you're doing. Yeah, I think that's great advice. Hopefully that helps. Um, But I think that's all we have time for. Uh, Sophie, is there anything that you want to plug at the moment? Nothing in particular, you know. I'm doing a pop-up this weekend, but that's sold (gasps) out. Oh, Unfortunately. Yeah, They're so popular. Um, They're selling out quite quickly these days, which is very exciting for me, but I'm sorry for people who don't manage to get tickets. I'm hoping this year to get lots more pop-ups going so if you're freelance baby i'm a freelance lady and i love to cook so if you want to eat my food in real life then keep your eyes peeled um on my instagram at sophie wybird for any event announcements turn on notifications why turn them on why the hell not i have notifications for your posts on so i can oh i know I, it's, I always have notifications for like my close mates. I'm like, yeah, I want to be like the first like. Yeah, want to like see up what's the algorithm. up. Show me what's up. Um, amazing. Um, I don't know if I have anything to plug. Just yeah, keep supporting me. Keep liking my photos because then because <laughs> then brands want to work with me. Um, but yeah, I think that um, we'll finish the food. We'll finish our glass of wine. And then we will go to the book launch, which we'll talk about next week. And we'll go to a very exciting restaurant opening. Which We're we'll going to have a fun evening. We're going to have a fun evening. This is just the pre-drinks. It's a ladies in London night on the town. It's a ladies, London, laughs, love, live, laugh, love. It's going to be fun. It's just like Sex and the City. It's like Sex and the City. Just like Sex and the City. <laughs> it's exactly like Sex and the City. If you enjoy the podcast, then please leave us a rating, a review. Give yes, us a five yes. stars, a four stars. Please. Preferably no less than four stars. That'll if you nice. hate it... Don't say anything at all. (laughs) (laughs) All right, guys. See you next week. Bye. Bye.